you can listen to The Front on your smart speaker every morning. To hear the latest episode, just say, play the news from The Australian. From the journalists of The Australian, here's what's on the front. I'm Claire Harvey. It's Friday, February 24. Australians are among the primary targets of vast cryptocurrency investment scams, and they're being run out of call centres in Serbia and across Eastern Europe. In Belgrade, police have stormed four call centres and 11 homes, arresting more than a dozen people. Global crypto and other investment scams are also being traced back to Israel. A new book by The Australian's banking editor, Joyce Malakas, reveals back in the global financial crisis, the Reserve Bank had serious fears about the collapse of Macquarie Group, known as the Millionaire's Factory. The RBA even formulated a plan for the Commonwealth Bank to take over Macquarie. It would have been a huge shake-up of the financial sector. Who holds the power in today's green economy? Some politicians, some billionaires, and some scarily smart young entrepreneurs. In just a moment, we'll meet the power players you need to know and what the nation's biggest polluters are doing to clean up their act. One of Australia's most impressive young entrepreneurs comes from country Queensland. She's created a business that extracts carbon dioxide from the air and turns it into physical assets, like bricks and plasterboard. Here's Sophia Hamblin-Wong. My name is Sophia from MCI, an Australian carbon technology platform that transforms CO2 into building products and valuable materials. Here's a negative emissions plasterboard we've made from industrial emissions. This building block represents sustainable jobs, removed and avoided emissions, and is part of the circular carbon economy. Sophia's one of the people starring on the Australian's Green Power List. That's out today. So what Sophia and her half-brother Marcus have done is create this company that uses technology to take carbon emissions from the atmosphere and turn it into what's effectively a little cube that can be then used in buildings and and manufacturing. So, yeah, it takes it out of the atmosphere and uses it in industrial products that can actually have a lot of use. That's David Swan, The Australian's technology editor. Super impressive. They've got paying customers now and to watch them go from a few years ago to sort of this idea and this concept to now something that's got millions of dollars of backing behind it, grants and commercial funding as well. Super impressive. The other powerful thing Sophia's done is get big polluters to buy in. I know Orica, mining giant, globally is the biggest investor in her startup. It's tens of millions of dollars that has been invested in. And I think that's the future of this stuff is what I've learned over the journey is the best results come from partnerships. They come from a startup then teaming up with a big giant. And that's when some of the best results happen. The editor of the Green Power List is Perry Williams. He's been the Australian's energy expert for years, and he's seen this topic of a transition to a clean economy go from small steps, like putting solar panels on your roof, to a giant national re-evaluation of everything we use and do. 
As old-fashioned coal and gas power plants are shut down, the focus is all on how we get where we need to be without breaking the bank. In terms of the clean energy and and renewable energy revolution, I think what we've seen in, in the last couple of years is just increasing pressure on companies throughout the economy to also up their ambition. And there's been a lot of hype and a lot of talk. Some companies are making changes, but there's still an awful lot to get through, particularly in this decade. We've got a Labor government that wants to triple the amount of renewables by 2030 from where we are now. And we're sort of just starting to see a a few cracks in the uh, system. Today, finally, thanks to the actions we've taken, I can stand here as President of the United States of America and say with confidence, the United States of America will meet our emissions targets by 2030. What's changed in Australia? In pure energy terms, it's just all about the cost of producing energy is undoubtedly cheapest through renewables. So as technology's got better, things have got cheaper. And the argument no longer really holds that we should sort of hang on to these half-century-old coal power stations. A little bit more broadly, I think just the realisation that Australia was potentially going to get left behind unless it really hiked its ambition. You've seen Europe, the US under Biden, dramatically increase their targets. Australia obviously has a proud tradition with its coal and gas, iron ore export industries. I think there's just a realisation it needs to now make that next step to this green economy. Another new entrant on the list this year is Great Rap. That's a husband and wife team, Julia and Geordie Kay, and they've got a vision to eliminate petrochemical-based products in the next decade. So here is uh, a great wrap in a box. Uh, Our product's a little more clingier than uh, traditional petroleum-based plastic um, because we use plants. Their stretch wrap is made from potato waste. It composts into organic matter in six months. A lot of the really sort of cutting edge work is happening at quite a small level and we're trying to bring out that inspiration for readers. As much as there are challenges, there's also some pretty amazing work happening. Coming up after the break, how Australia's biggest polluter is reimagining its future and why mining isn't going anywhere. While we've got you, we've got something great coming up. The Front Live with Hedley Thomas in person on March 1 in Sydney. It's an event for the Australian subscribers and we'd love you to join us. You can get tickets at The Australian Plus, that's theaustralianplus.com.au. We'll be back in a moment. Access a world of true crime podcasts on Crimex Plus where award-winning journalists take a deep dive into unsolved cases. Every week, we're waking up to a dead woman, a dead mother, sister, auntie, grandmother. It's not good enough. From the team that brought you The Teacher's Pet, Shadow of Doubt and Dying Rose, unlock early, ad-free and bonus content from brand new series and flagship shows such as I Catch Killers with Gary Jubilin. One was shot in the mouth and I thought he was dead. Another one been shot with a shotgun and I got the overspray. Search for Crimex Plus on Apple Podcasts to start digging deep into the world of true crime.
few years ago, it looked like mining might not have much of a future. But what's become clear is that the technologies we need to transform the economy and protect the planet actually need a lot of minerals to be dug out of the earth. Lithium is the perfect example. In the Green Power List in today's Australian, we speak to Robin Denham. She's a venture capitalist and the chair of Tesla. Inside every Tesla, just like many other electric products, is a battery powered by lithium. Recently at the National Press Club, Denham talked about how Australia could be seizing a huge opportunity here and could even revive the car manufacturing industry. No country has more to gain from the world moving to electric vehicles than Australia. We can be a renewable energy superpower. Australia is one of the few countries in the world with all the critical minerals required for lithium-ion batteries. Electric vehicles run on lithium-ion batteries, the same batteries that firm our renewable installations. Here's our technology editor, David Swan. She's effectively saying that Australia, which has a really strong track record when it comes to resources and mining, for example, could therefore be equally as much of a superpower when it comes to lithium batteries. And these are the batteries that are in Teslas, for example, and are going to be in more and more vehicles going forward into the future. It's pretty inevitable now. It's going to require a lot of lithium and a lot of lithium batteries to to be in these vehicles. And so Australia, rather than outsourcing this manufacturing, should be taking ownership and saying, We've got this stuff in the ground. We just need to really put some focus on actually building it and making sure that we're keeping things local. Is that about Australia getting more used to the idea that mining is going to continue? Is that the problem that she's talking about? That is one of the issues where I think we've been a bit simplistic as a country, maybe, of saying we need to divest from mining, we need to sort of move away from it. But you can have a thriving, and she argues we should have, a thriving manufacturing industry that's producing lithium. I think she's calling for a bit of nuance here and also saying that we've been too slow, much too slow. She says we're losing the race currently when it comes to this stuff, and and I tend to agree. You know, whenever I talk about electric vehicles in Australia, a lot of people will say, look, in Australia, the distances are too long for EVs. Well, we just finished a long city week in Canberra. I'm off to Yakandanda in Victoria. That's Chris Bowen, the Federal Energy Minister, who's on today's Green Power List. He's joined by a few other politicians, Queensland Premier Anastasia Palaszczuk, New South Wales Treasurer Matt Keane, and even New South Wales Opposition Leader Chris Minns. When Labor won the federal election in May 2022, many of us thought we might be all driving EVs in the next few years, but it's not going quite that fast. Here's Green Power List editor, Perry Williams. There's a lot of work being done on the ground, some by state governments to roll out the infrastructure we need. But, you know, a lot of people are weighing up purchases now. That's sort of colliding with reality. We're looking at some people waiting more than 12 months to actually get their hands on an EV. So it feels like this is probably going to get pushed out towards the end of the decade. By then, I think it's going to be fairly mainstream, but I just don't quite think we're at that tipping point yet. AGL is Australia's biggest polluter. It's also one of the most interesting power players in the green economy. Atlassian founder, billionaire Mike Cannon-Brooks, who's also on the green power list, tried to buy the company, but he was rejected at his first attempt. 
Now he owns 11% of AGL. He's the largest stakeholder in the company. And AGL is attempting to transform its business, turning its old power plants into green hubs. What we look at is essentially these three green hubs, Hunter Valley in New South Wales, Latrobe Valley in Victoria and Torrens in South Australia. They're trying to reimagine their old coal and gas hubs and turn it into a mixture of batteries, solar, wind, hydrogen down the line. So it's a pretty radical reinvention for AGL and um, one that's also going to cost a lot of money, which Cannon Brooks might be able to help with. One of the things they've really got going for them is they've got the electricity cables and connectors Mm. right there, and that gives them a real advantage. They've got these enormous industrial sites, and there's just a realisation that they can turn these into potentially part of the new green economy. It's just a different way of sending electricity to their four million odd customers. And the real question mark is just how quickly they can make it happen. There's a bit of pressure for that to be accelerated before 2030 under Cannon Brooks. And they've got to keep the lights on at the same time. So it's a really interesting uh, experiment. That's Perry Williams, The Australian's business editor. You can check out the list 100 Green Power Players 2023 right now at theaustralian.com.au. Thanks for joining us. The Front is produced by Kristen Amiot and edited by Tiffany Dimack and Jasper Leake. Our multimedia editor is Leah Tamaglu and our music is by Jasper Leake. My name is Manny Karoudis and I'm a former New South Wales policeman turned investigative reporter with a passion for missing persons cases. I'm here to quickly tell you about our True Crime Australia podcast, The Missing. In this series, I look at old missing persons cases which have all gone cold in an attempt to try and uncover new information which could help see these missing people reunited with their loved ones or any form of clue that could bring these families closure. The Missing is available now wherever you get your podcasts and early and ad-free on Crimex Plus on Apple Podcasts.